When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for having me, Joe. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You are welcome. You are so welcome. So, you know what? I, this is so weird to me, hmm. but I don't think we have any emergencies going on right now. No, this is the for the first time in like two months. Yes. There are no emergencies to discuss on uh, minute 43 of the podcast. <laughs> people were people were trying to push on us that uh the Red Sox getting um uh, Eric uh Tommy Fam. No, Tommy Fam. <laughs> oh, okay. That, that Tommy Fam was gonna be that was an emergency, not an emergency. No, because we renounced our famdom. Remember, we, we we are no longer famdoms. That's right. So that's not no longer an emergency. And also, um, the what the Red Sox did at the trade deadline is the diametrical opposite <laughs> of anything relating to an emergency. No, it's like it's it's the single most boring thing. They, mean, they 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 were not nothing. buyers and they were not sellers. They, neither they a, were neither a seller or lender B. What is that? They They're were neither a, <laughs> never a buyer nor a lender. Neither B, buyer yeah. nor lender B. Uh, they they um they acted inexplicably, and I have a theory, and I want to run the theory by. Please me. run this theory by me. The two teams that that I think were the most inexplicable at the deadline are the Red Sox and the Mets for two different reasons. The Red Sox are going nowhere. The Mets have their first good team since the. Eisenhower administration and neither of them did what everybody thought they were going to do, which is that everybody thought the Red Sox were going to unload Avaldi and JD Martinez and possibly Xander Bogarts because he's a free agent at the end of the year. They made it clear a week before the deadline, they weren't trading Bogarts. So that went out the window, but they still have Nate Avaldi, who is a very, very good pitcher and yes, is. is a, and is a postseason legend and hero and would absolutely help with his veteran leadership and his excellent pitching, a number of potential contenders. No question. And J.D. Martinez, even though it's a down year for him, he still is 45 doubles a year. He is still an eight-something OPS guy, very reliable bat, absolutely would help a number of contending teams. Both of those guys end up staying. Both of them almost certainly will not be with the Red Sox next year. My theory is that the Mets, who who what did one thing? They got Vogelbach, right? They traded yes. for Vogelbach. So the Mets, uh, who have their first good team in in eighty years, uh, they did nothing too. And my theory is that the Mets and Red Sox were engaged in discussions for either Avaldi or JD Martinez or both, and then it just sort of frittered away. And the Mets watched as all the other teams picked up all these guys, and the Red Sox looked at decided. Like, well, we don't really care about unloading these guys because they're going to leave anyway. And I guess if the prospects that we're getting back aren't that good, there's no real reason to un 
load them. So they just kept them. And it, and then the Mets were left with nothing. And the Red Sox were left with a, with a farm system that could have been upgraded and wasn't. That's my theory. Am I right or wrong? Okay. So, so what, so let me just, so I understand the theory. The theory is that the Red Sox and Mets went into a room essentially and uh-huh. said, Hey, this makes perfect sense. You guys are, are going to get rid of a couple of players that could help us. We would like those guys. We're, we're mm-hmm. more than willing to, to do what we need to do. We're we're in first place for the first time in forever. Uh, is this is so? I heard I heard uh, Seth Myers the other day uh, was talking about how somebody on his staff was a Mets fan, and he was basically the fans like, "Hey, we're in first place with only fifty eight games to go. What could possibly go wrong, right? You know, and and so <laughs> so so your theory is they went into a room and they said, okay obviously this makes too much sense for us not to work out a deal. And they talked and hammered it out. And, and, and then at the last minute, like whatever they were talking about fell through and they were all like, ah, it's too bad. And they came out of the room and it was already over. Like they had missed, they had missed the party. My, my real theory is that they, that the Mets believed that the Red Sox would blink at their asking price for these guys. And then the Red Sox were looking around at the halls that, that these other teams were getting for their veterans, and they just decided not to blink. And the Mets were like, the Mets farm system has been terrible for years, and it's recently a little better. They have a catcher, right, named uh, Alvarez, I think, who's yeah. who's supposed to be great. And they have a couple guys uh, in the in the they have know, a couple of 50. very top end guys, but there's not a lot of depth there. Yeah, and so they were sort of thinking. This is again, this is pure conjecture, but they were thinking like, we don't want to give up our top guys because because both of these Avaldi and JD Martinez can be free agents. So it's not like Juan Soto who has two more years left on his deal. This is a rent. These are pure rentals. And so we don't want to give up our top guys. And the Red Sox were like, well, if you don't, then we're not going to trade them. And they just they each side waited for their side to blink and neither side blinked. And then at the end of the day, nothing got done. That's the only thing I can, I mean, and they, again, this is literally, I can't stress this enough, based on nothing. This why, is based why do on you nothing. say that on the podcast, though? Like, literally, there's <laughs> never anything we say here that is based on anything. But don't you think it is weird that the Mets didn't make a move yes. for anybody? And don't you think it is weird that the Red Sox didn't trade J.D. Martinez or Nate Evaldi? I think the I'm most little less likely scenarios that those two... I'm a little less surprised that the Red Sox didn't make those deals because that that makes perfect sense to me. They shopped them around. They're like, yeah, we're not getting a whole lot. With the, if, if, there's no reason to, to, to throw them out for marginal prospects that we don't that don't help us there's no reason to do that it's not like we can we can't afford to pay them to the end of the year it's fine you know that's that so i that makes more sense the mets don't make a lot of sense to me not because i think they needed to make a move like i think the mets are like going look degrom is our biggest our biggest trade deadline acquisition right degrom is going to get healthy and and so i i i get that i just thought with that owner there was no chance that they were going to be anything less than aggressive at the, at the trade deadline. I thought they were going to get Soto. I really thought that that was that, that to me made the most sense of anything was that the Mets were going to do what they had to do, get into a three-way um, uh, deal, you know, whatever they had to do that they were going to get themselves Juan Soto and man, I guess they weren't even close. I mean, you know, yeah. it's, 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 it's it's really weird. And here's the thing. If the Braves catch them, which they're what? They're four and a half games back. 
I think you could make an argument Atlanta's better than the Mets. I mean, the, we'll, yep. we'll see how it plays out. Uh, depend, DeGrom is the is the variable. DeGrom there, right? is the big variable, right? But if the Braves catch them, what I mean, like the whole town is going to go insane about the fact the Mets didn't do anything at the yeah. trade deadline. I thought that alone would scare them enough to do something, you know? That that's that's really what doesn't make sense to me about this is that the the Mets have been waiting decades, really, or not decades, they've been waiting a very long time to feel not only relevant, but also like a leading contender to yeah. come out of the NL. And the idea, and they have this swashbuckling billionaire psychopath running the right. team now right. who who has shown conclusively that he does not care about his money because he has so much of it that he it's probably like he's probably in some kind of Brewster's millions situation <laughs> at this point where it's like he has to spend $300 million or else something right. terrible happens. So uh, the idea that you wouldn't take on more salary with some guys who can help your team, like, I, I don't, I just don't get it. I don't get why he suddenly pulled his punch at this moment. Uh, I mean, maybe he's thinking, look, I'll get Otani the year after next, or I'll get Soto when he's a free agent. Cause I'll just offer him a hundred million more than everybody else. Right. And I don't want to take, Oh, I don't know who knows, but right now this is a, this is a year you can, if you, if you're the Mets, and you have a year where on August 1st, you feel like you have a legitimate shot at the World Series and you have an owner who has a billion dollars for every day of the month. Right. Why do you not? Why do you not go get some well, guys? I don't understand. It. It's it's 100% right. And you have an owner who is so invested in this season. The guy tweets like every other day, some wacky post game something or other, you know, and it's like I here's here's what I always think about when when you when you talk about uh sports and and your moment like that window it's not it's not like oh the window is open the window is closed because because that suggests that like it stays open for any period of time it's it's a constantly up and down thing and right now the Mets are in position to win they might not be in position to win like for the next 25 years we have no yeah. idea I mean, no look, Scherzer is pushing 40. DeGrom right. is made out of uh, fine China and right. gets hurt all the time. Like, you know, Pete Alonso is having a great year. How many more years is he going to be this great at it with his body type and his, well, uh, his, right. his or, swing? Or his swing. I mean, like he wasn't great last year. Like, like yeah. he wasn't as good last year. So you and, you know, the, the good news for them is that Lindor is, has picked it up and that looks, that contract doesn't look as potentially disastrous as it did last right. year. Like, Things there's some things are trending the right direction, but again, you had just got Degrom back. You have Scherzer pitching well this year. This is it, man. This is your yeah, year. You, this you is go. your window. Your window is this year yeah. or next year. I, I from the Red Sox standpoint, I I do. Uh, the Red Sox have made a bunch of trades um, in the last couple of years that have absolutely not worked out in any way, shape, or form. And like the uh, Bill Simmons sent me this text which really made me uh, want to vomit, which was uh, the at the end of the day, the Red Sox traded Mookie Betts and Andrew Benintendi for Alex Verdugo, Jeter Downs, Connor Wong, Franchi Cordero, and Josh Winkowski. 
So Verdugo is a, is a decent player. He's a good player. He's a, he's a fine guy to have playing left field for you on your major league roster. Yeah. Jeter Downs, who is a highly rated prospect, hit a wall at AAA. They called him up this year. He, he was like six for 92 and they sent him back down. Connor Wong is a backup catcher. Frenchy Cordero has occasional uh, insane power and cannot play on the field. He cannot play any position on a major right. league baseball field except right. for designated hitter. And by the way, isn't and Josh Winkowski either. is like, and isn't yeah, isn't hitting that well. And and Josh Winkowski is a sort of a replacement level pitcher, maybe a little better than that. And so and and Benintendi, uh, you know, now a uh, member of the New York Yankees, Andrew Benintendi is worth like two and a half or three wins every year. He's not he's not the best player in the world, but he's like a he's better than he's he's as good as Alex Verdugo or better than Alex Verdugo. And I and granted Verdugo is cheaper, and Verdugo you know has two more years of control. But those that that is not a good haul for Mookie Betts and Andrew Benintendi, and so it's possible that the Red Sox have just said, and and the, those aren't the only trades they've made that haven't worked out in that regard. So it's possible that they just, you're right, got to the point where they were the guys they were getting back for Avaldi and and uh, Martinez just weren't were kind of middling prospects, and they were like, well, then screw it. Like we, we they have an outside shot at at sneaking into the third wild card this year if they have a good month, and so they were like, well, we'll just sail into the off season knowing we're going to lose these guys and maybe maybe you know jd martinez has been slumping for a month and a half maybe he gets hot maybe xander bogarts gets hot now that devers is back maybe the lineup puts it together maybe they have a good month and they sneak into the playoffs although last night they lost to the royal seven to three so <laughs> well nothing, i mean they did nothing. have that good month already so i mean it, it's possible i did not appreciate that Alex Verdugo is having a terrible season. I did not yeah. realize that. Like, really bad. He's, it's an 84 OPS plus. I mean, that's that's bad in, baseball. That's bad. In, in his defense, in the month of April, if you go back and look, in the month of April, he was like top 10 in the league in hard hit ball percentage. Right. And he was hitting like 112. I mean, he hit so many line drives that went right at people it was it was infuriating and it's kind of a, a metaphor for the entire season that even when they do things well it doesn't work out for them it's like all of the luck that they had in 2018 has now reversed and he he had a he was having he is having a much better year in terms of his contact and his hard hit ball percentage than it than his stats would indicate yeah he just I, he's had terrible luck he's um, had bad but, luck but i mean this is we're talking about a guy who's a uh Below replacement level player so far this year. Right this this year it has been truly Below. truly and bad. he's yeah. and he's never been as good for the for the Red Sox as he was for the Dodgers in his last no. year with the Dodgers. I mean, I didn't realize that. I kind of thought of Verdugo. I actually had Verdugo and Benintendi in my mind as sort of the same guy. I kind of thought like, oh, they're both like solid two two and a half three win players. Um, Benintendi walks a ton. I mean, you know, so it's like. Eh, you know, he's helping you. He's not helping you right now. No. I mean, he really isn't. And he's, and he's the prize of that, of that, uh, of yeah. that trade. I mean, my gosh. Well, the, the, I mean, the, the story of the Red Sox this year, and we really don't have to talk about this because we talk about the Red Sox too much on this podcast, but yes, we do. The, the, the story of the year is Verdugo's is below replace, replacement level as a hitter. JD Martinez has, who's not having a bad year, he is an 800 OPS. He has nine home runs this year. Yeah, Xander Xander Bogarts, who's having a very good year as a as a hitter, has nine home runs this year. Trevor Story, who got off to an absolutely terrible, dug himself the deepest hole you can dig, yes. 
has 15 home runs, but is has a 713 OPS. Yes. He's playing out of position. I don't think he likes playing second. His arm is hurt. He might need Tommy John surgery. The whole thing has fallen apart. Bobby Dahlbeck is a is worth negative one win and can't <laughs> play defense. They start they thought Jackie Bradley would would be a stopgap in the outfield. He was below replacement level. Franchi Cordero has been absolutely awful. He's below replacement level. Jaron Duran has been forced into service as a full-time outfielder. He's below replacement level. Kike got hurt. Christian Arroyo can't stay healthy. Yeah. Jeter Downs has given them nothing. Their best player for the last month and a half has been Rob Ref Snyder, which is <laughs> just really, really a bad sign. They have so many underachieving guys in this lineup it's it's just uh Look, it's impossible to to have predicted that their hitting would be this bad it's it's bad but i gotta tell you things are looking up because now this team has eric hosmer and really that's <laughs> all that's all you could want you laugh but if eric hosmer can simply catch the ball oh, when I it's totally thrown agree. to him that and, and i know i i i tweeted when they made that trade that he's like a he's like a replacement level player and he will by far be the best first baseman this team has put on the field all year or maybe in several years and all these all these uh, royals fans and and uh, other baseball fans were tweeting all these video highlight reels to me of how bad hosmer is defensively and i watched them all i was like i would kill for this i would kill for this level this level of incompetence i can deal with i cannot deal anymore with the level of incompetence that franchi cordero and uh, and uh, bobby dahlbeck were giving me yeah no i i think i i I think we've just talked about this on the podcast. I was reading uh, somebody was wrote a very funny uh, travel log and they were talking about uh, how cheap uh, his dad was. And he was saying we would stay in such cheap hotels. We would go in there and we would, the movie psycho would be on TV and we would say, yeah, well, at least they had shower curtains. And I think that <laughs> that's, that's the Red Sox defense this year is like, look, you can show me, every Eric Hosmer error and falling down and whatever. I mean, I've never seen a worse defensive first baseman than Franchi Cordero. I don't think no. it's possible to be no. a worse defensive first baseman than Franchi Cordero. Well, he, when he was, uh, when he came up uh, as a player, he was a shortstop and there was some right? stat that went around the internet where, was oh, it you? I, who I wrote t- that. Yeah. You I wrote, wrote it. That. It was, what was, what were the it was numbers? Like a hundred, it was, I, I can get the exact numbers, but it was something like 121 errors in 135 games. Yeah, it was, it was essentially like an error per game. Yes. And the, the, the craziest thing about this team that I promise we can move on is a, as bad as as underachieving as all these guys have been, as as much as J.D. Martinez and Xander Bogarts with the, each having nine home runs in August is not what you imagined for the team. They have scored more runs this year than the Houston Astros. That's Amazing. what's shocking. They've still scored more runs than the Houston Astros and the first place Twins and uh who and and the by the rays by far they've scored 477 runs they have given up 501 <laughs> runs their pitching has been so abysmal and their defense has been they're not turning any batted balls into outs including balls that go straight up into the air <laughs> and that land 18 feet in front of home plate they cannot convert batted balls into outs and i think what you're going to see next year is that they are going to be much better uh, because I uh, defensively, because I think Xander will leave. I think story will go to short. If he's healthy, he's a much better defensive shortstop than Xander Bogarts is in all likelihood. If he's healthy, they won't have Franchi Cordero or Bobby Dahlbeck playing regularly at first base. 
they will they will make a bunch of changes and you will see their team ERA and their runs allowed plummet because that is that is really the Achilles heel of the team is they can't get anybody out any in any way shape or form they are the second worst in the American League in runs allowed the only team that has allowed more runs than they have is the Kansas City Royals who again last <laughs> night beat them seven to three. <laughs> The, the exact number, by the way, is uh, 126 errors in 165 games. So, uh, and then by the way, back, back then, Cordero was like the fastest guy in baseball speed. You know, like that was yeah. his whole thing was, you know, and then he kind of became this sort of sluggery guy. But, you know, he, he hasn't hit either. I mean, it's not, it's not like you look and go, well, you got to find a place for that bat. He hasn't hit. He, you know, no. it's, it's been a been kind of a disappointment. All right. The other emergency people kept trying to throw on us, but that I don't believe is an emergency is there is video going around of uh, an early inning, maybe even the first inning of a White Sox game. And the camera cuts in very close on Tony La Russa, And it looks for all the world like Tony La Russa is falling asleep. In, oh, brother. In, on the bench. Yeah. And, and we were, we were people, several people uh, sent this to us and said, uh, this is, you know, it's an emergency. It's a podcast emergency. It's not a pod to me. I'm, I'm curious your opinion. It's not yeah, a podcast emergency because yeah, he's old. I mean, like, course, I don't know. of course he's falling asleep. He's yeah. He's a, he's a, he's an old man who doesn't belong in a, in a baseball yeah. uh, clubhouse or, yeah. or dugout. Yeah. That's yeah. not an emergency. The emergency is because that also doesn't affect the on-field performance. It's, it's an emergency to me when Tony Lewisa does something if it's affecting the way the team plays. Right. That's right. If yeah. he's intentionally walking people with the bases loaded or or doing like some or or waiting till the guys behind O2 before intentionally walking somebody right. or right. some goofy thing like that. But you know what? That White Sox team, okay, so so you look at the central, the twins are five games over five hundred. Cleveland's three games over 500 and the White Sox are one game as we are talking. It'll be different by the time people hear this, which could be in six months. We don't know. Um, and Tony LaRusso is managing that White Sox team and they are desperately underachieving. I got to tell you, if I, if I was using my DraftKings $100 free bet thing that I get or whatever that's called, I think the White Sox win that division anyway. Don't really? You? Yes, I do. They're, they're, they're two games back. I mean, look, I love that Twins team, and I want them to be better than they are. They've just kind of been bouncing around. I love that Cleveland team. I think they're exciting and young, and, and they've done a nice job. But aren't the White Sox still, even with all their problems, the best team? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, that whole division is mediocre, mediocre. at best. Um, yes. The White Sox are 11 runs to the negative in their run differential that there's not a lot of it's not like, like they're overperforming there no, in fact they, they are actually slightly overperforming <laughs> their expected win loss but they i mean every team in that division is like six and four or four and six in their last 10 games yes. and 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 kind of blah i mean i don't know i i thought the twins were going to be a lot better than this i that, did too that, they're they to me are the big disappointment in the central is like they, they, and I don't know how they're not like that. It, it doesn't, I mean, Correa has not hit like Carlos Correa. That's one problem, right? He's, he's been okay. He's got a 778 OPS. He has it's 13 okay. homers. It's been okay. 
Um, but and Buxton has been mostly healthy. He's played 80 games this year and he's been mostly healthy. He's hitting for power and and nothing else. Nothing like he else. doesn't nothing else. He's, he's not walking, he's not doing anything else. Yeah, he's actually not having a very good year. I mean, we could not love Byron Buxton more here. We've been huge, huge fans of, of Byron Buxton for the longest time, as most of us are. He's not, he's not, I mean, he's he's very good defensively but he's not the dynamic earth shattering defender that he once was. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he's a non-factor on the bases anymore. He, I mean, like he'll still score from first on a, on a double or whatever, but he's, he's not stealing bases. He doesn't steal bases anymore. I'm sure they've told him to stop. He's hitting with great home run power, but I mean, he's got a sub 300 on base percentage. I mean, this yeah. is, it's not particularly a great year that he's had. He's having a good year, but only because he does a lot of different things. He's not having a great year. He has 65 hits. I mean, that's rough, man. Yeah. Yeah. He should have more than 65 hits. Like, it's not, <laughs> and he struck out, he's striking out almost exactly one out of every three times he comes to the play. I know. Like, it's, I know. it's rough. And I think they maybe thought Gary Sanchez was going to have a resurgence. He hasn't at no. all. He's, he's having a terrible year. Uh, you know, the, the, it's weird. It's it's just a weird malaise that's kind of over the whole team. Uh, I I don't know. I I had high hopes for them. I thought they that you know they have Chris Archer and he's been okay. They have you know they have Sonny Gray. He's been he's been good. good. He's, he's been, been pretty good. good. He's yeah, been pretty good. Yeah. But, I mean, he's uh, been but, solid. They have you know uh, how do you say his name? Arias. Luis Arias, who Luis is like, Arias, yeah, Arias, yeah, it was like you know the sort of a Rod Carew like uh, you know player, like all those Rod Carews and Tony Gwynn. Uh, he was leading the league in hits at some still is, point. Still is, yeah, still is, still is in hitting, and he's having he's terrific. But again, he's you know, and he's and he you know he walks more than he strikes out, and he's look, he's our best player, isn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah, by far. I think yeah. he's yeah. There's no question. I mean, he's. But that that's weird. It is <laughs> that's weird. weird. That's weird when you signed Carlos Correa and you have Byron Buxton and you have, you know, you have like a team full of guys who should be performing and who were kind of not performing. So it's really I don't know. Funny. It's really I, funny because uh, we were just talking about how Buxton not having that great a year. He still has the highest war on this team. Does he really? I think he does. Yeah, I think he still has wow. the highest war on this team for among uh, among everyday players. And, uh, you know, it's because he just does so many things and he is hitting with power, but, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I think that team feels that team does not feel like super, like, I don't, I don't have, it a doesn't lot feel, of it doesn't feel sturdy. It doesn't feel sturdy. Though, no. I agree. I agree. And then, you know, Cleveland, they've been up and down and up and down and, uh, they're, they're kind of fun. I, I think. And, and Jose Ramirez is such a good player and, you know, they, they've got a bunch of fun players. Uh, you know, I love Ahmed Rosario. He's yes. my guy. I've, I always, I've always loved that guy. I don't know why I just love him. I think he's really fun to watch. Quan is having a pretty good year. Yeah. Andres Jimenez is having a good year. Like they're another team that it's like, what, why isn't this working? They have Shane Bieber for God's sake. Aren't they, shouldn't <laughs> they be running away with this division? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't, I just, well, Bieber's I not having that great a year, you know I mean? Like he's having a good year. He's having a, they're, they're nobody on that team other than Jose Ramirez, I think is having what you would qualify as a great year, at least so huh. far. Well, I, mean, I mean, I guess, 
places, I guess. Bieber's got a 339 ERA and a 1.11 whip. He's he's striking out nine guys per nine innings. Yeah, he's it's very good. A 126 to 28 walk ratio. He's, he's having a, win the, it's a good year, but he's not going to win the Cy Young. No, but like that that's a guy that if you throw him in your in game one of a playoff series, you feel like oh, you've got definitely. a good shot to win. Like oh, I, I agree I, with that. I, agree I with that. it just the, it's like the whole the whole division has this it's like there's a wet blanket lying over the <laughs> whole AL Central and I don't get it. Well then but see then you look at that White Sox team and look Giolito's having a kind of a disastrous season again, which makes what a weird pitcher he is. I mean, very weird. He was like the worst pitcher in baseball. And then he's like, no, no, I'm actually the best pitcher in baseball. And then, and then he was that. And now he's like back to being absolutely barely pitchable. I mean, it's so weird, but Dylan Cease is having a fantastic. Dylan fantastic Cease is season. great. He's that great. Guy's great. He's straight up. Great. <laughs> he has 161 strikeouts in 116 innings. Yeah. By the way, I mean that that guy is fantastic. Cueto's having kind of a fun year, which is really awesome. That's how old great. is How old is Johnny Cueto now? He's uh, he just turned fifty one. Fifty one. That's what I thought. Yeah. Fifty one years young. <laughs> but but we still love him. Kopech's what happened? Having... What happened to Lance Lynn? Why is Lance Lynn now can't pitch? What's, I, he, what's... he and Gile- Giolito went to the same like place or something. That's what I'm saying. But you look at Cease. Just pure names. Cease, Giolito, Cueto, Lance Lynn, and Michael Kopech. That team should be 25 games up in the in that division. And and Graveman in the bullpen and yep. Liam Hendricks. Liam and Hendricks, yeah. Like they 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 and Joe Kelly. Like they've got a, a Joe Kelly's having a terrible year, but they they have a, a, a ton of this is what I mean. It's like That's what on, they, on paper, this team that team, this should, team be, should be 20 games over 500. Yeah, and and leading this, like they should be like. They should be talking magic numbers already with this team. And, and they're not, and you know, they're, they're not scoring. Well, yeah, they're not scoring runs particularly. Um, and a couple of those guys like Giolito and Lance Lynn are having big uh, underachieving years. It still doesn't make sense to me though. We've just went over the, the, the twins and, and guardians and I, I, it shouldn't be close. The White Sox are no. way better than those two teams. They have a better, they have Luis Robert and Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson. Yeah. And, and they have all these guys who uh, they should be, they absolutely on paper should be running away with this division and the twins should be in prime position for a wild card. And no one in that division is more than five games over 500. <laughs> it's so weird. What a weird, that's the weirdest division in baseball. Don't you I think? think it's, it's, it's the weirdest division in baseball. The only one, well, there's nobody else that's weird. How good is Seattle? Nobody knows. It's impossible to tell. It's impossible to tell as, as, yeah. as per usual, as per usual, <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's like, that's, that's their whole system is, is it's impossible. Man, I did not, by the way, I'm sorry. I just, I, we're not talking about Boston anymore, but now that I'm looking at the standings, wow, they're in last place. I did not appreciate oh, yeah. that. They yeah, are yeah. actually two games behind the Orioles. No, they're in and last that, place. Is that um, Orioles team going to, like getting better is that good team going to be kind of good or are there just wins out there to be had and that's i it? think there are wins to be had because the red sox stink and because the the al central stinks and yes i mean they're obviously they're way better than they've been in years but i don't think they i don't think that they're a rocket ship who's gonna be in playoff contention next year like no i, mean, I don't actually don't like that team's future that much but but maybe i'm wrong i would love to see them be successful i mean it's obviously been a pretty surprising year 
But that's what I thought with the Mariners. Mariners had, you know, they won whatever, 90 games last year because they won all those one-run games. Like, yeah, it's not going to last. They're kind of good. Ty France is good. They have, well, they, remember, they took every good player from the Reds and imported them to, <laughs> that's to, the, right. that's to right. the team. So that was one thing. And the second thing is, is that Julio Rodriguez has been every bit as good as advertised. Oh, he's yeah. A, He's a four. He's a four win player so far this year as a as a twenty one year old rookie. Yes, like he's fantastic. This, that that guy is that guy is like get used to Julio Rodriguez. Everybody, he's so he's, good, he's not going anywhere. But Ty France, Jesse Winkler, J.P. Crawford, Eugenio Suarez, uh, these guys are great. And by the way, they have their catcher Cal Rallies is is a very good hitting catcher. Yeah, he's got fifteen homers. And they also have guys like Jared Kellenick, who is still a highly touted prospect, who has been the opposite of good this year. Right. That you, right. That you assume will figure it out and will get better, at least better than he I is. I hope so, because yeah. because because I think even last year, you know, the hopes were there and it was pretty bad. I mean, the guy's hitting 131 this year. That's, no, it, that's... It's, he was overmatched. He maybe was brought up a, a shade early. Um, but he's, 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 well, still has, people still think he's going to figure it out. The weird thing about the Mariners is that the guy like Robbie, they brought in Robbie Ray to be their ace. He's been pretty mediocre. Yeah. Like they're pitching. I don't get how many, how many, how many Mariners pitchers can you name? Well, I know Logan Gilbert's having a really good year. You know I mean? Like, like that's one that comes to mind. Uh, and I know that he's having a really good season. The rest of them are what, you know, like Chris Flexen or something, you know I mean? It's Chris, like, I'm know. looking at them now. It's Marco yeah. Gonzalez, Chris Flexen, but like, I don't, I mean, I don't, I literally don't recognize most of these people yeah. or I recognize them from other teams. Like, did you know that Sergio Romo is on the Mariners? Cause I <laughs> certainly did not. I did not. Sergio Romo's actually, uh, even, uh, how old is Sergio Romo now? Uh, he just turned 75. That's what I thought. I yeah. thought that Sergio Romo. I I remember getting his baseball card when he played for the 1962 uh, at uh, the the Colt 45s. I think he was on the Colt 45s. Then. Well, he was on right. the St. Louis Browns, and then he was traded to the Colt 45s. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean the 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 question about the Mariners is after they most recently went uh, Christmas shopping, early Christmas shopping in Cincinnati, and got Luis Castillo at the deadline. The real question is: Does he does he make the difference? Does does Louis, does having Luis Castillo, who is great, push them over the edge from team that hasn't made the playoffs since two thousand? Is it or two thousand one? Two thousand one was when they won. Yeah, yeah. So like, I, are they? I what, think. What's I'm your looking, prediction? Yeah, I mean, I look. I the the team that baffles me are the Rays. Like I like the Rays just can't quite get out of their own way, but. No. That third wild card spot right now it's Seattle's, and I don't, I don't think the Red Sox are going to jump up and get it. I don't think anybody in that Central Division is going to jump up and get it. I don't think the Orioles are going to jump up and get it. I think Seattle's got an excellent chance. Of right now, as of right this second, they're actually in the second wild card spot. They're a half game in front of the Rays. Of the Rays. They're the same in the loss column. They're one win up. So, you know, look if you if you're the Mariners. And you make the any wild card game, you make that even in the third wild card spot, and you start Luis Castillo against whoever against Toronto or Tampa Bay or Cleveland or anybody, you feel like you have a pretty good shot to win that yes. game. You know what I mean? Like that. And even if you have to play, it's a, it's a three game series now that's in the opposing team's 
ballpark is that yeah the, the, some, that's right the that's way it right. works even even then i think you feel like you could take two out of three from from the rays of course, or, of course you or, can from anybody yeah yeah anybody you know i mean there's there's nobody you know that's all you need is ty france to hit one out and and you know you, you jp crawford to steal a base or two and score you know i mean it's 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 baseball but i i think they're pretty i kind of think they're pretty good and the rest of that division is uh, is is atrocious yeah just atrocious yeah. truly I mean, terrible truly terrible i cannot i i cannot get my arms around how bad the angels are i just can't they're they are like top five draft pick bad i mean that's that's yeah. really crazy right now they're 44 and 61 so they have the fourth worst record in the al and there's right. only four teams worse than them in the nl so they're in ninth ninth but but they're draft choice but they're what they're a game up or two games up on Kansas city and Detroit. And I mean, they're, they're just as bad. I mean, they're just as bad as, as all those teams. And I don't know what they do. Like I literally like they have no minor league system. Uh, Trout's back is, is balky. Uh, That's really scary, man. That is really, really scary. I don't think enough is being made about how scary this is. Like just the fact that he had to come out and say, my career isn't over. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're in the position of saying those words out loud, then your career might be over. (laughs) Like that's, That's, you know, you don't, you don't say that unless it's possible. Well, and, and we've been playing this. Would, would Mike Trout go to the hall of fame if his career ended tomorrow game for a while? And for a while, the answer has been yes. I mean, there's no question he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, no matter what. But now we could be facing like, look, I, I truly believe and obviously hope that his career is not over. But just because your career is not over doesn't mean your career is like, you know, I mean, if his career is playing 70 games for the rest of his, you know, career, you know, yeah. a season or something. I mean, this is really, really, really bad. And this it's clear very bad. he has not denied that this is a congenital issue that he's going to have to deal with for the rest of his career. Like he said, my yeah. career is not over, but he is not denied that this is something that isn't going away. You know? Yeah, man. Oh, oh, it's such a, such a bummer. Oh like if God. that guy, if that guy has a normal, healthy run, I mean, you forget sometimes how many games he has missed in his career to injury. Right he's missed an enormous number of games due to injury in his life in, in his, in his, like he, he's played more than 150 games four times. Yeah. He's had a, a season of 139, a season of 114, 140, 134, 36 last year, 79 this year. Like this is a guy who's missed hundreds of games due to injury through his prime. Yeah. He's now, he's now, uh, he's a, he's turning 31 like tomorrow yeah like he's he's no longer you're no longer in the zone where you're like i can't believe he's this young and he's accomplished all of this he his his wars per year on on the uh, espn's war it's 10.7 9.2 7.9 9.4 10.6 he missed 50 games right 10.2 8.3 1.6 in the shortened season of 2020 1.8 last year, 3.9 this year. Yeah. This he'll be going into next year four years removed from a, what we think of as a Mike Trout season. Yeah, he has 80 war at age 31 as of tomorrow. And he hasn't he's he's added five war in the last three years, five or six yeah. war. I mean, that's it. I mean, it's 
it is and it, and i'll tell you what's even you know look this is there's so much that's worrisome about it he got off to the start this year you were like oh man he's here back. he comes here yep. he comes he's back he's back in full flow and uh and then this happens and look is he gonna play this year I don't know. I mean, if you're the Angels, why would you? Play why would you? Why do would you it? risk exactly. this? Yeah, it's like it's they're in this position every August when he gets hurt. It's like, well, there's no real reason to play him because the team stinks. They're not going anywhere. Nope. And if if rest is what is called for, then then why not rest him? But right. you know, the pay that he played almost exactly half a year this year. He was on pace for 48 homers, 100 RBIs, 80 walks you know, a uh, thousand OPS eight war. Like he was having the year he always used to have the interesting thing about it. He had struck out way more than he yeah. usually had struck out. He he was on pace to strike out almost 200 times. Right. He's, he's had big strikeout years before though. He had a 184 in yeah. 2014, but, and, but generally it's, you know, 137, 124, 120, like, you know, he's, he's not, he's not, uh, you know, he's not Franchi Cordero. <laughs> <laughs> but, but who not is? Willie Mopena. But but who but, is? But uh, they there there are there were already going to be some troubling signs of like oh well yeah he's thirty years old now he's not twenty five and so he can't catch up to everything. It's just such a bummer when you look at his trajectory. His trajectory was to be the greatest who ever played the game, and I don't think that's the trajectory he's on anymore. Just because you can't you can't project that he's going to stay at the level he was at. No, uh, he, he will have played a total. He will have played a total of like one full season over the course of three full seasons. Yeah, and look, and I don't that think just you, it bodes poorly. It's it's such a it's such a bummer, but I don't think that that you, um, I think that's common. It's not. I mean, not all super common. He was going to be. He was projecting to be the best player ever. I mean, you know, based on a lot of different things. But you know, Frank Thomas was projecting to be the best right-handed hitter ever right before right. before and albert pujols was projecting to break all the records and a rod was projecting to break all the records obviously it's a different story but still uh griffey was projecting to break all the records we forget man you turn 30 in this in this game and it's yeah. like yeah it it, it it's, a, it's it's without a whole other career without looking it up what are Mike Trout's career postseason stats? Well, I know he's only had the one series against Kansas City where he lost, they they got swept. Right. So that's so so he's been, and he and he did not hit well in that series because I was there for it. Uh, so what did he have? Twelve uh, plate appearances. Twelve at twelve at bats. Twelve at bats. Twelve at bats. One, one hit. hit. Yeah, I it knew was he a did. homer. Yeah, yep. it was a solo homer. It was a solo homer early, at, maybe in game three, and it was sort of like. I remember it being like, oh, here we go. Mike Trout is about to announce his presence. And then it was like, nope, no, nope. no. That's all. No. That's all you get. That's all you get because the angels are the angels. All right. Before we go on, because I want to, uh, th there is one other topic we're going to discuss here. Um, I guess we should at least try to pretend that we're going to get through this, uh, this, uh, um, unofficial nickname thing going. Oh, right? yeah. So, yeah. Yes. We got to do it. We got to try to do that. So uh, again, if, if you have not been uh, listening, actually, if you've not been listening, you know what, catch up. We're doing unofficial nicknames in the American League West, and there's only one currently. The Angels are the Halos. That right. That is the one we were granted. I, is that right, that that's the only one? Yeah, the only other one that comes close is 
the the Astros are called the Stros, but we've determined that it's that it's uh, uh doesn't count if it's just half of the name. It's of half the, the name, and the team. M's, yeah. the Mariners can't be the M's either. Exactly, like that, yeah, that can't be. So I've I've been people have been sending in their their um, uh, different suggestions, and I must admit I have not been paying much attention to those at all. Sorry, people. So, but I do know I do remember that several people have have basically made the point that the uh, Oakland athletics need to be the elephants because that is sort of their thing going back to the days when they were the Philadelphia athletics, that they were, there was an elephant was their was their mascot. I don't know what they're, do the A's have a mascot now? Who knows, but yeah. the elephants, yeah, I've so never heard like, of this before. Yeah. They were like the elephants and I don't, I don't know where it came from. But that doesn't uh, mean anything. No one anymore. will know who you're talking about. The part of the point of unofficial nicknames is you say right. the Amazons and everybody knows it's the Mets. You say it's right. the fish, you know, it's the Marlins. Like yes. you, elephants doesn't suggest that's ridiculous. If they're not going to be the I'm, elephants. I'm, I'm, I'm just giving I'm banning you, this. <laughs> I'm just, Overruled. I'm just giving you what people have thrown out to me. Um, I still think with, with the A's, we just, we, we call them the money ball. I, just I think, think so too. That's yeah. my call is the money balls. I, I still like the concrete because it makes me think of their stadium, <laughs> but I don't think anyone will know what we're talking about. No so let's say they're the money balls. You, you they're know the money balls. They're the money balls. Okay. So they're done. That's it. So it shall be written. The angels we know are the halos, the Rangers. Uh, somebody came up to with the idea that they should be called the walkers for the Walker, for the Walker, Walker, Texas, Texas Ranger. Ranger. Yep. Yep. Okay. Not All right. terrible. It's not terrible. It Especially is a weird thing though that it walkers sounds like it is related to the baseball part of their team. Yes, and, and they don't walk really yeah. that much. No. I it's it's interesting because uh that team has no character or history or anything, right? Like or we don't even yeah. we don't even know where they play, right? Like they don't play in Dallas, they don't play in Fort Worth, they play somewhere in the middle and some new stadium that they change every two years, you know? So, so there's not a whole lot going on. Like who is, okay, here's a question for you, by the way, one thing that we talked about last time that we uh, might do, actually, I'm, I'll bring it up in a minute. Who is the most famous Texas Ranger ever? Nolan Ryan. Yeah. And he played like his last three played for years, like four years. Yeah. Four years <laughs> there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and at the end of his career, after long after he was, I mean, Ryan. or Pudge, maybe it's Pudge. Do you probably. associate Pudge with the Rangers? I, I or or Palmero? It's one of those two guys, probably, yeah, right? Like, you don't want either one of those guys who's your guy. And Pudge yeah. is fine, but but neither one of them is like you know. That was back when they were winning MVPs that nobody thought they deserved, and and uh, but but that's their story. It could be um, it could be uh, that their their most famous guy is. Uh, is uh, Ron Washington like 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 yeah. the, like he was at least something you know? Other than that, it's like, boy, there's just there's so little to work with with them. By the way, have you seen the movie Facing Nolan? That is, uh, I have not seen it. Yeah, it's quite the uh, quite the documentary uh, that is that is available on Apple TV, and uh, and uh, I'm in it. So there you go. So that's all you. All need. right. That's why Fergie I'm Jenkins. Does he count? Or A Rod? Does A Rod? I was gonna say, does A Rod's three years there count? He won MVPs uh, for them, but he, you, but you can't go to play off. The uh, okay, I, your choices are your choices are Pudge, okay. Juan Gon, okay, Palmero, okay, Nolan Ryan, or yep. A Rod. I think those are your Ugh. choices. So there's no or, big... who are then there's the slightly older guys. There's the um, 
There's the Julio Franco, Ruben Sierra. 45 guys. teams. Ruben Sierra was interesting because he started with them. But what about what about Buddy Bell? Is Buddy Bell the most I, famous? Ranger? I think of Buddy Bell as a Cleveland guy. Like, okay. like he grew up in my childhood. So yeah, I'm gonna say none of those guys. I mean, you're not gonna call them the so, express. So says so says the so says the Cubs. So right. says the Cubs. Fergie Jenkins, you know, he's, think a, he's of the as Cubs too. He's the really, Cubs. he's yeah. the Cubs too. Yeah, you know, Billy Martin managed them, and that was kind of funny. But I mean, you're not going to, certainly not going to put Billy Martin with the Rangers. I what honestly if, think it's Nolan Ryan who. Well, only if it's Nolan Ryan, do you years. want to call them the Express? Do you want to say, "Hey, the Express are in town"? All right, I have a pitch. Okay. The Rangers are the most identityless and <laughs> and boring team in baseball. Yeah. Right. I think the Rangers unofficial nickname should just be the Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you want to go see the Rangers are in town? Yeah. That's they're they're so boring and they have I'm, so little identity that we just don't even their nickname, I, their unofficial nickname is the same as their I love that for two reasons. One, because they're so uh identity identity lacking, but two. They're not even the most famous Rangers in the country. No, there's a whole, there's a, a much more famous Rangers than more people care about in a different sport. All right. I like the Rangers. Seattle. I mean, what are you going to do with Seattle? There's so much. We, we were playing with some grungy stuff, right? The pitches were gr the grunge, the flannel, and the space needles or the yeah, needles. The needles. But needles sounds weird. It does. I, I think of those, my favorite is the flannel because I like the collective noun. I like the flannel. Them. People were going with all sorts of nautical stuff at us. They were throwing it out there, the ancients and uh, things like that. I like the rhyme of the ancient mariners. Yeah, the, is the, yeah. yeah. Like some, uh, eh. You know, the seasiders. Like there, people were doing all kinds of like things, you know. Seasiders is kind of cool. I don't mind that. I mean, they're hardly the only seaside team, but. Well, there are not uh, that many seaside teams. What about something about Ichiro? I mean, he to me, he's the Ooh, Mariners, right? I like that. Something with Ichiro. But what would it be with Ichiro? Um, the incredible throw from right field to <laughs> nail a guy at thirds. <laughs> the, be the best <laughs> stories about how hot it is in Kansas City guy. I mean, you know, <laughs> the, the, the hit king. The, the true hit king, you know, yeah, so, you know, but I don't think you'd call the Mariners the hit kings. Could you just call them the Ichiros? Could is, is he worthy enough that he alone gets his own nickname? I think so. I think you could go, I think it's either the flannel or the Ichiros. <laughs> okay, all right, I'll put up a poll. Whether put it's up a poll, poll. should I'll it be the flannel or the Ichiros? Flannel on the Ichiros, which is a good point, by the way, for me to tell you because I never say this on this podcast, I don't know if you know this. I do a newsletter. I actually do a newsletter. It's Is that really right? I just do it. It's it's, it's something I've, I've just started doing. Sort of like a general interest, just like news of the day. Yeah. Kind pol of politics and yeah, uh, politics. politics and weather. <laughs> and celebrity news. I mean, I, I oh. like, obviously that's the big thing. It's a sports newsletter. It's at joeposnanski.com. Uh, come on out. We'd love to have you. It's free. Totally free, unless you want to read everything and then you got to pay. But if you want to read like stuff, like there's a lot of free stuff on there. And I'm going to put this poll on uh, joeposnanski.com so you can decide. And we'll go totally abide by your vote. Don't you think we should totally abide by their vote? Unless Absolutely. We unless we disagree with it. Unless we decide not to. <laughs> exactly. So we're going we're gonna, to, you're going to choose, should the Seattle Mariners Nick uh, unofficial nickname be the Ishiro's 
or uh, the flannel. All right. right. And then uh, Houston, what did we decide with Houston? Uh, we have not decided anything. Uh, again, the Look, Strohs Houston, is you, what they're you called. You should come up with Houston. Houston is close to your heart. You've spent it a is. lot of time there. Uh, you kind of used to like the Astros before they became garbage uh, patch kids. I don't know if there's, <laughs> is there some, you don't want to deal with some sort of like, cheating scandal nickname no everyone's gonna pitch the garbage cans or the garbage lids or whatever but you know there's got to be something with the astrodome i would say the domers or or um but it's just gone yeah i know but it still evokes when you think of the houston astros you still think of the the dome sure sure the turfs um we can we can can be in there they're the turfs um um, we could we could play with that they could be the express because you associate they Nolan be the Ryan. Express. They're with more associated with Nolan Ryan, you know. They could be the bees, even though that it doesn't add up. But I mean, obviously, that whole BGO Bagwell uh, yeah. thing that they had going for a while. Killer there. bees, killer yeah. bees. You know, it just doesn't really fit. You, they could be the hills for Tall's Tall's Hill, that dumb hill that they had in the outfield, but they got rid of it. <laughs> they thank God they got rid of that thing. <laughs> I kind of liked it. What is Houston known for? What what, what do you got for Houston? Sprawl. Being, they could be the sprawls. The sprawl. Well, the, <laughs> interesting. But that could also be the Atlanta franchise. Or LA, uh, really. I mean, or right, LA, yeah. yeah. But I think Houston, Houston might own sprawl, though. It is, I believe, I think it's the largest or second largest city by area. You know um, what is the largest city by area in the country? Oh, it's Jacksonville, right? Jacksonville. Jacksonville, yeah. <laughs> Uh, just cities in the South with no zoning. That's what, that's what that category is. Uh, what about like, what about something about astronauts, right? Like, what about like, uh, we're going to call them the Armstrongs. uh, Was he from Houston? No, I don't think he was. No, nobody's from Houston. None of the astronauts. (laughs) No, I mean, I don't think any of the astronauts are from Houston. Um, uh, the NASA's the NASA's Hmm. it's kind of a mouthful. Yeah, and it doesn't. It's to be like what? Like that doesn't doesn't work. Yeah. All right. We need to solicit How about the pitches. problems. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's just embrace it. Let's just embrace it. The problem. The problems. <laughs> <Let's> just... <laughs> then right. you then you're throwing a salvo to the cheating people that want the cheating thing done. Have and, we solicited? Uh, have we solicited uh, pitches on the on the Astros yet, or no? I think, I don't we, think we have. have. I, but I've just have we? seen them. Yeah, but all right, we'll right, throw well, them out I, again. Let's here's what we're gonna again. do. We're gonna we're gonna put up a poll. You'll put up a poll. Flannel or Ichiro's for the Mariners. Yes. We're gonna solicit pitches for the Astros, and now we're gonna make our opening suggestions for the AL Central. Yes. And and we'll deal with the AL. We'll we'll wrap up the NL. I'm sorry, the AL West next time we'll and then we'll get into the AL Central. We'll try to take care of some of that. So the AL Central luckily has two out of the five are already are already done. Yes. Yes. Because the White Sox are the pale hose and Minnesota. Minnesota's the Twinkies, which I know seems to violate the uh the rule that you can't include the actual name within the nickname. But in the in the case of the Twinkies, it's too good. It's too good. And it's and it's a different word. It's a different word. Like yeah. if you can if you can play a different word out of it, then then it's okay. All right. Yeah. So Twinkies and Pale Hose. Um the Royals. Huh. How about the Fountains? They should be called uh, they should be called the Bucks. The Bucks? After Buck O'Neill. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. Let's call them the Bucks. 
the fountains. Well, let's let's uh, let's not jump to conclusions. Right, let's take right. some pitches here. Fountains, right. the, the, the bucks, the bucks. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, what I else mean, do you, you associate with that? Well, the the ribs, obviously. You know the the right. barbecue. You know uh, the, the barbecue. That's what it should be. The yeah, barbecue. If we go in that direction. Yeah, they're playing they, the, the barbecue. Well, yeah, because then cool. Cincinnati and Kansas City play that interleague chili versus barbecue match. The chili versus the barbecue, <laughs> which is which is every <laughs> bit as good as the fog and the smog, as far as as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so, that's good. All right, so I think that's good. Detroit. Um, you what know, do we got for Detroit? Well, the M and M's. He's yeah, from Detroit. He is. He is from Detroit. Uh, the, the the motors. The you know the motors the, yeah I mean Motor City you could just call motor. them Motor City the Motor City Madmen <laughs> <laughs> could throw that in there yeah I think the um yeah the let's, giant let's... bronze fist statues oh yeah the the Joe Lewis's the Lewis Lewis's yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's got to be something and I'm sure people in Detroit are sick of the car connection and you know but I mean I don't know where else you go. You could go with Eminem. You can go with the eight milers or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's uh, all right. We'll throw that out too. And then Cleveland, look, we just went through this with the guardians, right? That was the best they could come up with. And look, I think it's pretty good, but it is, you are reaching when you're going for statues in the, uh, you know, I think what we call the unofficial Cleveland nickname, the spiders. Yeah, that's right. That's it. Right? That's the answer. The spiders. Right. They're the Cause spiders. Because that is the coolest with a Y. With the Y, Cause that, yes. Because that's the coolest old-timey nickname that is not in use right That now. is not in use and one they could very well have used. And they went yeah. with the Guardians and the Guardians is fine, but spiders, spiders rules. And we already have spiders logos rules. galore. Yeah. Yeah. So all right, we're wrapping that up. Cleveland is the spiders. Yep. Detroit, the Detroit, we don't know. We'll throw that out to the crowd. Kansas City, we have the fountains, the bucks, and the I really like the barbecue. The barbecue I think the barbecue is really strong. Yeah. Should we just should we just call it? Should we just say it's Ooh, the barbecue? I don't know. Kansas City fans will want a voice in this. All right. All yeah, right, this I, is your home. This is your hometown. Yeah. You're 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 close to your heart. Let's let the fans yes. weigh in. But I, right. I think the barbecue is a very strong unofficial thing. It's nickname. really strong. I think we might go with it no matter what the fans say. So um also just a just a note, a programming note, the last team that we figure out is going to be the Yankees. And yes. I know that the Yankees are called the Bronx Bombers, but that will not be their unofficial nickname. There will be a new unofficial nickname, <laughs> and it will be the very last one that we come up with. I'm announcing that now. And we are not going to ask the fans for their uh, thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts on what their unofficial (laughs) nickname should be. Yes. And we will will get everything else, all our ducks in a row, and we will line them up, and then everything will culminate with us coming up with a new unofficial nickname. Yes. Yes. All right. Before we go to one last meaningless thing, uh, I do think that we need to uh, sort of put a bow as as the you know, I, I use these broadcasting terms, put a bow on the whole Cleveland Browns Deshaun Watson situation. So, right. in the last uh, week or so, the um, uh, the the ruling came in from the judge that the NFL um, uh, used for arbitration, and and the ruling was. Bizarre. I, I would hope everybody read it. It it was it was very um critical of Deshaun Watson 
and brought in, you know, some very strong points, but also made some very odd uh, jumps of, of, of logic that didn't make sense, such as the fact that what he did wasn't violent, even, even though whatever. And they decided at the end of the day to give him six games. That is the suspension that Deshaun Watson got. Uh, or I think as you wrote or said on Twitter, or somebody said one game per five women, one game for every five women he sexually assaulted, he sexually or, assaulted uh, or, or intimidated. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And, um, you know, I, we have, we've talked about this and we'll continue to talk about this as I, uh, try to choose my new NFL team. Uh, I, I have, I have washed my hands of the Browns. I cannot fathom, uh, what's going on. Of course, this was not per se a Browns decision, uh, but the Browns yet again, covered themselves in total glory by immediately coming out and saying, yeah, we totally support this judgment and, and totally, you know, feel like, well, even, even more to the point you're making the league and, or the, sorry, the team and a number of people came out the day before the ruling and said, we will abide by this ruling, which means that they knew what it was. They knew what it was. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So the, the interesting thing to me, and I'm hardly the first person to say this is the judge's ruling, if you read it, and I did not read the entire thing, but I've talked about it a lot, and I read a chunk of it. the The ruling is he did all this stuff. That's it right. was only it was only five women that that whose whose uh, testimony. Those are the only ones were. they were they were considered. Right. Yeah. And the ruling is he absolutely did all this stuff. He's a sexual predator. He is guilty of all of this behavior. However, the ruling is the way that the punishments are doled out by the NFL is ridiculous. And you are not, you should not have the ability unilaterally, Roger Goodell, to just make this up as you go along. Right. So I am using a, the only precedent that comes anywhere near anything, even this, and, and we'll get to the confusing part of this in a second, but I'm, I'm using the only precedent I have in a situation like this to rule that the correct uh, uh, suspension length is six games because right. the way that these things have to work is there have to be rules and precedents that you right. then follow. And the way, yeah. and the way that you've been doing it is completely willy nilly. So the, the, the judge, the arbiter was not ruling. You aren't actually as guilty of stuff as you said, you, as people said you were, or actually when I look at the details, it's actually not as it's, bad as it's, maybe yeah, people it's thought. easier than we thought. Yeah. It was 100%. They proved their case. He's guilty. He did all this stuff. And as a reminder, it's one sixth of the total people who accused him of this. That's right. The only ones she had to go on. It was the ruling was more about the ways in which punishments are doled out by the yes. NFL than it was yeah, about anything right. else. That's right. So which well, is, and, and, which, which, and, and now Goodell is is appealing it. The league is appealing it. And now Goodell will just be right back in the in the executioner's chair, ready yeah. to do whatever he wants because he gets to hear, or he's actually said someone else is going to hear, hear the appeal, a, a former a judge of some kind. I can't remember who now is going to hear the appeal. But the, the, the fascinating thing about this to me is that the, the league and the players have collectively bargained and made changes in the way that these things happen. And the reason that they have is because in the past, anytime anything bad has happened to any player, Goodell just decides what to do. Right. And right. and it, and he makes the punishment and then if you appeal it it goes back to him to and him, exactly. the appeal. That's right. And so the the players association finally said, "Hey, you can't do this. This isn't fair. There are these ridiculous situations like deflate gate or bully gate or or uh, a spy gate and stuff where 
there, it's just not okay for you to have all of the power with all of these situations or in individual case like Tyreek Hill or like Ben Roethlisberger or whatever. It's just not a good way to function in an organization that one guy gets to decide. And then if you appeal it, it goes back to the same guy. So we're going to create a new scenario, which is what has happened, even though Goodell ultimately can still appeal it and can still hear the appeal. But the fascinating thing is that I think now you have by far the most egregious case in the history of the league and maybe in the history of professional sports of a predatory behavior. Right. And now, and Dan Levitard on the uh, head goon at Meadowlark Media has been (laughs) talking about this a lot because he's been railing against Goodell for years for being judge, jury, and executioner. But now there is such a feeling of disgust and fury at the uh, at at the combination of the behavior and of the fact that the Browns scheduled his uh, payments to be doled right. out in such a way that he would lose a minimum amount of money, which was an enticement for him to sign with them. Sure. And all of the ugly, distasteful, awful stuff that's swirling around this whole thing that now I think a lot of people are like, no, let's go back to the old system where Goodell just came down with an iron fist and just ruled willy nilly about anything. Right. Because you have scenarios where, honestly, a, a, in my opinion, a less egregious behavior, still horrifying and egregious, but a less egregious behavioral pattern with Trevor Bauer yeah. in Major League Baseball. What he did was unconscionable. I don't care if I ever see that guy's face again. He shouldn't play baseball. He should be in prison, blah, 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 blah. Right. But they came down on him and were like, you're just not going to play baseball anymore. You're suspended <laughs> forever because you you physically assaulted a woman to such a degree that it the, the idea of you being a part of our sport is so awful and gut-wrenching and horrifying. Yeah. We can't a con- We can't in good conscience have you in a major league uniform anymore. So goodbye forever. Yeah. And you now have with Deshaun Watson, a guy who did who didn't do that exactly. Obviously, all of these things are apples and oranges, but did it so many times to so many women, intimidating them, coercing them, buying their products that they were selling as a way to potentially shut them up, give them hush money or entice them into into doing what he wanted them to do over and over dozens and dozens and dozens of times that if there was ever a time when you wanted a judge, jury, and executioner <laughs> right. to come down with an iron fist on someone. It's this, and this is the test case of the new system yeah. where he doesn't get to do that anymore. It's just, it's a it's a truly wild and ironic thing that I think there are a lot of people in the league at every level, it seems to me, based on comments that were made after the decision came down, that were like, well, this sucks. Yeah. I miss the old system. I miss the old <laughs> terrible system because if we were in the old terrible system, he would have suspended uh, he would have suspended uh, him for a year easy in a, yeah. in a flash. Yeah. He would have suspended him for a whole year. Right. And, and maybe even would have done something more dramatic, which is to say, I'm going to suspend you for, for 18 games because I am going to say to the team that you can't do this. You can't say, you can't schedule people's payments this way as a, as an enticement to get them to sign with you so that you only lose a, a, a million dollars for an entire year or whatever it was. I'm going to bite into the to the actual money that you were going to make next year with the team just as a way to say that, hey, I see what you what you did, Cleveland, and I don't appreciate it. And if you c- try to like sh- pull these kinds of shenanigans in a situation like this in the future, other teams, I'm going to come for you, too. Right. He would have been much more <laughs> aggressive and maybe still will be. Who knows? Like, we'll see what happens with the appeal. But 
I I just I find it wild that the fine they finally the players association finally got the power to say, hey, you can't run the league this way anymore. And then the first guy out of the gate is the worst <laughs> offender of right. any crime that they've that the league has ever had. It's well, really wild. It's and, and it goes to me, it goes even a step beyond that. And and the the step beyond that is as bad as Trevor Bauer is or or did the things that he's done, the Dodgers kind of walked away from him right away. You know, yeah. like that they and they I think everybody felt like they had to. But we were all baffled when the Dodgers signed him in the first place. But but when it happened, it did not it, it did not reflect well on the Dodgers by any stretch of the imagination. But the Dodgers saw the situation and and said, "Okay, we're we don't want this guy ever pitching for us again." And baseball's like, "We don't want to see him pitching for anybody ever again." And he'll keep fighting, and and you have no idea where that's going to end up. But that was the way that was handled. You know, it wasn't just a league. It was also the team. This reflects so badly on the NFL yeah. because of the way the Browns handled it. Yeah, that yeah. to me, and and by the way, I'm not naive. If the Brown, if it wasn't the Browns, it would have been the Panthers. And if it wasn't the Panthers, it would have been the Dolphins. If it wasn't the Dolphins, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. somebody was going to do whatever it took to get the guy. Right. You know, he's that good a quarterback. So, but this reflects so badly on the nfl and yep. none of that is part of the individual punishment none of that could be brought in when when they were talking before the judge none of that was relevant but for roger goodell it's relevant yeah I mean, it, this is this is a league-wide catastrophe is what it really this is. is it really is and it it has the potential to be a league-wide catastrophe for for years yeah. and years and years. Like it, it really is. And I know you know, he came out onto the practice field and got a standing ovation and people right. cheered and lined up for his autograph. And that sort of team tribalism stuff will always be there. Always, exists. you know, Ray Rice got us, got a round of applause when he stepped onto the practice sure field for the first time before sure he was he suspended indefinitely. That, that, that's just the ugliness of tribalism and of human, uh, human yeah. nature. So but, that's always going to be but, there. But let me say one other thing. Cause I mean, look, and and it bothers me that people think Cleveland is somehow worse. There, every every city has has this level of sport. What bothers yeah. me specifically about Cleveland, and by the way, there are a ton of people in Cleveland who have walked away from this team because of this. Yeah, a ton of people. But what really bothers me is they're cheering a guy that has never played one down for the Cleveland Browns. Like Ray That's Rice. Right. Okay, you, yeah, you're horrible. But Ray Rice was a star for the Ravens yeah. and literally they'll be like cheering the guy that has been uh, uh you know charged by 30 women but he throws the first interception they're going to start booing him and they <laughs> they they have no idea that this guy can take them to the super bowl they have no idea that this guy can be any good at all he's missed a whole year you have no idea what you're going to get he looks great he had a great year before but you have no idea that it, it happens fast in the nfl and that's what to me was like, I'm watching these guys cheering them. I'm like, what are you even cheering for? You're not cheering for a hometown hero. You're cheering for a criminal. And, and you're, well, although of course there was no charges brought, but you are cheering for a guy who is a, a truly, truly bad person. 
And that's the only thing you're cheering for. Cause it's not like you're going, that guy's brought me so many memories through the years. So many, right. so many great moments. There's that, no moral conflict here at all. He hasn't done anything for <laughs> no, you. Like no. you can't even, you can't even like rely on the old, like, well, look, yeah, he's, he's done some stuff I find objectionable, but I'll think right. of all the great memories yeah, exactly. from when he was a Texan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like in Cleveland, I always used to amaze me. No city fought harder for a player than Cleveland did for Albert Bell. When Albert Bell was going through all of the terrible things and through the, through the cocaine at those kids who like egged his house or whatever. And, and like, with you know, and was just, just, you know, the worst in, in so many ways, but man, Cleveland had his back. And Cleveland was yeah. just always like standing up. I remember going and going, God, you know, Albert Bell, they're like, no, man, the, the press is on him. And this, and I'm like, hey, that guy hit 50 homers and 50 doubles in a season. I Okay, if you're willing to overlook everything else for that, I get it. I'm not saying yeah. it's right, but I get it. What are you overlooking this for? Like, like for the for this magical future that you think is going to happen? It's for potential. Yeah, potential. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all potential. It's just, ugh. all right. Well, I, I actually was not aware that they had finally decided to, to do that. So where does this end up? How's this going to end up? I think Adele is going to, is going to overrule. I think he kind of has to, I think this but, is but too, you think, but he'll, he has to present it to the judge because he will not be the, 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 uh... he's not hearing the, he's not hearing the, um, uh, case. No, which I, which I think is probably smart. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I can't, I don't know. I, it depends on whether, you know, again, the arbiter ruled not based on the merits of the case, but based on this system in place for the wrong? league to interact with. I don't think she is. I mean, I, I think that, there's no, there no, is no I, consistency I, whatsoever. In, right. In those things. And, and I think that it, I think that there are plenty of cases in the criminal justice system where judges are, are sort of limited or are, are hemmed in at some level by, Look, I would love to give this person a hundred years in prison for this crime, but the statutes are simply right. this, and you right. can't. The maximum sentence is seven years, and so That's I'm right. giving you seven years. Or, by the way, the minimum sentence. I wish the minimum were lower because I think this crime doesn't merit, Absolutely. you know, a ton of jail time. But the minimum sentence is two and a half years, so I'm giving you the minimum sentence. That's what the problem is with with uh, guidelines. But the uh, that's a whole different argument point is is that what she was doing it was trying to trying to put a very rickety train back on a track yeah she was trying to make sense of something that does not make sense it doesn't make sense and has never made sense and so her ruling is being cited by people the six game suspension is being cited by supporters of deshaun watson yes as evidence that this actually wasn't that bad and if you read the report the report says in no uncertain terms the NFL made its case. He is 100% guilty of That's all right. the things he is charged with. And and, I, and and not remorseful. That's also a part of what she said. Yes, not so remorseful. No remorse. Yeah. Yes. And meanwhile, the both the team and to some extent, Watson are saying he has shown remorse. He hasn't at all. That's no, so weird that they're no. just saying there. It's it's very uh it's it's extremely like uh brave new worldy or yes, 1984e yes. because they're just literally saying he's shown remorse. And when he is asked if he did anything wrong, he says no, absolutely not. I didn't absolutely. do anything wrong. You show no remorse. Bizarre. It's bizarre that they're just claiming he has shown remorse. Well, but so, they claimed a lot of stuff. They claimed, you know, like they claimed they looked into this, which obviously right. they did not. I mean, 
the one thing that I think was really good, I, and again, I don't blame her. There was some weird conversion chart in Roger Goodell's office. Like nobody could figure out exactly like, okay, so wait, deflating a football four games, right? Yeah. Like, you know, so it was like doing, so there was, so there was nothing for her to base sentencing no, that, on. Which is why she did this. The, right. what she, her point is basically that the punishment system in the NFL has been a random number generator. That's right. And that that's no way to run an organization. And the way that you have to do it is by precedent. Now, the weird thing, and this is the thing I said we'd get back to, the weird thing to me, uh, because I understand what she's doing. The weird thing to me is that she's trying to establish, she's trying to say that these things should be based on precedent. And yet she also says this is an unprecedented That's case. That's right. That's right. That's why I don't quite understand. I, I feel like that, and I, and I'm not a, a, this might surprise you to learn. I'm not a lawyer, but Wait, I, what? but yeah, I'm not. But I, I wonder why she couldn't say, look, based on precedent, it should be this. However, this is an unprecedented case. And in my opinion, it requires this level of punishment or whatever it felt like that was open to her potentially and i think that she was just being she was being a sort of a a, a boy scout or in this case a girl yeah. scout and saying i need to try to establish and then follow what the rules are here and there have never been rules and so i'm gonna go by what as far as i can tell what the rules are i'm gonna go by the rules I just however I he's guilty understand. of all this stuff and it's unprecedented it's right. weird I, I don't understand what precedents you used in that way i mean in that regard look Miles Garrett clubs a guy with a with his helmet and is suspended for the rest of the year. I mean, like there's a it's yeah. a, it was an indefinite suspension. I I was surprised she did not not one surprise, but based on how strongly she came out to show. And by the way, we could just stop saying, uh, you know, at least as far as the NFL concerned, allegedly because this is this has been it's not this, alleged anymore. It's not alleged. It's been proven. Yeah, yeah, it's been proven in in front of this this judge who gave this relatively well quite mild thing and i don't know if she you know fully appreciated that my question is so the nfl is going to go for an indefinite suspension in probably a full year i i that would be that would be my guess what they seem to want before they're going to they're going to do it in front of this person that that goodell the nflpa is going to is going to fight it and they're going to have a pretty strong argument saying look I'm sorry. We we just had a, a judge, you know, who who said this is a six game thing. You can't go. You know, this is it's going to be tough. Who's who wins? Who wins out? I don't know. I really don't. And and all I know is that the whole thing is a disaster. It's a it's complete a disaster. mess. It's a it is a, it is going to stain the league um for a very long. It already has stained yep. the league for a yep. year, and it will stain the league for more years after this. And I, I just don't know. I don't know how you, um, this is a, this is a headache, man. This is a, yeah. for, for uh, the, it, it, the, it, it's obviously nothing compared to the actual physical human damage done to the women of who, course. who have, who would experience this. But if you are the league, you are just staring down the barrel of, I mean, this is a, this is a proven sexual predator who's now going to be playing on Monday night football in his first game yeah. back right as of right now, at least. How do you talk about it? How do you address it? If you ignore it, you're blowing it. If you talk about it too much, you're blowing it yeah. in a different way. It's just the, like, that's why, you know, the, the Trevor Bauer situation in MLB, 
at least he just disappeared and we've never heard from him again. Well, he's, like, he's kept trying to come back in and baseball I know. made him disappear. Yeah. I mean, they, well, but, but also baseball blew it because they were, they were suspending him a week at a time. Yes. It was, it was absolutely driving me crazy. Every week it would be like, okay, we're doing it for another week. But I think okay, they were doing that. Week. I mean, you know, we, we are, we are pretty, pretty tough on, on uh, the commissioner of baseball as we should be. But I actually think that he, that was probably a pretty shrewd move. Like, I don't think he had, like he was, there was so little information out there. He was going to be able to sit there, you know, and, and Bauer won battles in court. We know. And, and he, he was not going to get himself caught, but I think in his mind, it was just like, look, I got to, it's like, it's like renewing a library book. I mean, he, he is suspended and then I'm going to renew that. And I'm going to renew yeah, that. I'm run out, renew run that, out the clock, run clock. out the clock on, <laughs> on this guy for sure. By the way, um, when when he comes back, assuming he does come back uh, this year or next, nobody's going to talk about it on television, right? No. Like they, like that's the one they'll, thing they'll they'll mention it. That it'll be like Mike Tirico or whoever, and he'll be like back in the pregame, right? Back yeah. from his suspension, serious charges. Judge ruled. Here is the result. He is now playing, and here we go. First down. <laughs> yeah, like go. it'll it'll just be like the briefest of recaps, and then they'll just move yes. on to the game. Yeah, and move on to the game. That's what it's going to be. All right, time for one last meaningless thing. Then this meaningless thing. It's one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. We talk about sports and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible places to go. No hot fruit for Michael, no Diet Coke for Joe. The podcast woe. It's one last woe. I bought um some steno pads recently. Oh, I love the, steno the, pads. The top, the top spiral steno pad. Sure. So happy, love them, love writing, taking notes on them, or whatever. I forgot the one irritating thing, which is that you never know whether you're moving forward or backward when you flip <laughs> the page. Like you, it, it is it, it every single time. I'm like, okay, next page. Wait, did I go backwards here? Like when you're in the middle of the steno pad, you don't know whether you're going forward or backward, and it kind of drives me nuts. And when do you find out? You find out when you suddenly see. Like when you see things that you wrote down a week side. ago. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it is, I, they're really great and they're very useful except for that one thing, which is that you never know you which never know direction you're forward. floating in outer space. Essentially. How do you compare yellow, uh, like, like notepads to, I, to the, steno? I prefer the steno pad. I do. It's just, I just, I just, um, I just kind of, I'm in the middle of this one now. You can see it. And it, and I just am always wrong when I think I'm going the right way. <laughs> just like New York. It's exactly like New York. You always think yeah. you're going the right way. It's like way. being drunk in New York. Yes. Or being us in New York. I don't have to be drunk in order to consistently walk up a full block and go, nope, nope, they're going up. Not, not the numbers are not going down. All right. My one last meaningless thing. So the other day, I, I'm I'm actually recording this from my new office, which I have mentioned uh, that I was getting a new office. I have an office now. Uh, I love it. It's it's awesome. I uh, I'm just able to to focus, and there's nothing else going on. It's it's great. The other day, I was walking from my office. Just there's a little kitchen area that I could pick up uh, some water or something, and suddenly, for no reason whatsoever my left hip started hurting really, really bad, like really bad. Like, like I could barely walk bad. 
And it was out of nowhere. Like the, I started the walk and it was fine. And then nothing happened. And then suddenly my hip hurt really bad. And I'm like, what is that? And, and, and I limped over to the place and then I limped back and I'm like, uh, you know what I'll do? I'll walk it off. That was my first thought. I'll walk it off. Sure. I am of an age. I don't know what the last age is where you can walk something off, but I am not at the walk it off age. Like I am much closer to the hip replacement age than I am to the walk it off age. Right. So I kind of tried to walk it off and it was not getting better at all. And I'm like, Oh man, this is not good. And I sat down for a little bit. I'm like, wow. And then I got up and it was still hurting a lot. And I'm like, wow, that's, this is like, like I'm gonna have to go to a doctor. Like this really hurts. And I was leaving for, for Washington DC the next day. And I kind of slept and I woke up the next morning and I was still limping but I'm like, oh, it's a little bit better. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go. And I was limping through the airport, which was just totally humiliating. And I you know, made it to my gate and then I got there and I was in Washington for a couple of days and now it's gone. Now it's completely gone. I'm completely, really? yeah, I'm walking and don't feel it at all. And it's completely gone. And I just want to say for all those of you who are 55 or older, uh, this sucks. All right. This just, this, <laughs> this just totally. See, I, th I thought sucks. you were going to go the other way. I thought you were going to say like, if you're 55 or older and you have feel a sharp pain, just don't do anything and it'll magically be cured. <laughs> no, because you know, it's coming back, you know, it's just in rest. And as soon as I like it, and, and it was like, like a lot of times, you know, in our lives, I think like, you'll be like, man, that something happened. Like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little stitch or a little pain like no the now it's like that pain is like debilitating pain when it hits and then yeah. it's but for me i don't know why it went away but the, my my original one last meaningless thing was going to be like yeah i'm going to a surgeon you know whatever because that's sort of where i thought this was going um but it did go away i i don't know i don't get don't it. question it man don't question I, it just take the w <laughs> We're going to take the W, go into next week in Pittsburgh and uh, where it will get worse. There's no question about that. So, so there you go. There it is. Have you had well, anything? Have you had anything like this where you just suddenly start feeling pain? I had a back thing a, a few years ago where I just reached down to tie my shoes and suddenly it was like, and I can't walk now. And I, and I just, <laughs> wow. I was, and I couldn't sit down. I couldn't stand up. Uh, you know, I, it, it, I just, I waited it out. I didn't go to a doctor. I was like, this is a lower back strain. And it hurt when I like got my turn to my seatbelt to put my seatbelt oh. on. It hurt just everything hurt. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I'm 46. It happens it, that, yeah. like these, the, your body just fall, your body's not meant to, you're, we're all supposed to die when we're like, <laughs> 32 you know like we're not we're not built to to last much longer than 32 so uh i i don't it's it's not the first time it's happened to me it won't be the last no look it happened to mike trout it can happen to us that's it's yeah. just how you got to look at it all right mike well as always thank you thanks for having me Pause cast. Boop, 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 boop,